0: everyone, to Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Catholic Community of South Jersey. My name is Peter Sanchez. I'm writer and social media coordinator for the Catholic Star Herald newspaper. And with me, as always, is Mike Walsh, the communications director for the Diocese of Camden, and my boss, Mike. How are you doing today? <laughs>
1: hey, Pete, I'm doing fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing swell today. Uh, who do we have? I think we really have an awesome guest. I I felt privileged to know this guy. Let me just tell you a quick story about how I met this man. I was at Fordham University about five years ago, Mm -hmm. four years ago, six years ago, six years ago. (laughs) I was at Fordham University and it was a big snowstorm. I remember there were ice walls four feet high and I met this gentleman here and jovial and just such a really nice guy. And he was from Buffalo, New York. We were chatting and it was actually at Fordham University it was a conference, a Catholic conference Mm -hmm. on um, millennials, young adults. And Father Jim Martin was was one of the speakers of the evening of the symposium. And I met this fine gentleman here. And a couple months later, I was walking in the diocesan halls and ran into this particular fellow. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm here in your diocese now. So I knew him before everybody else. And I'm privileged to know this awesome individual we have here.
1: I'm so excited. Well, with that lead up, could you do me a favor and let me know who he is?
0: That's what I'm getting
1: to, (laughs) That's
0: what I'm I'm trying to set things up. I'm trying to set the table here. (laughs) Trying to create suspense, you know? You don't want to know who the killer is in the last act. In the first act of the movie, nah, you want
1: to know? I always read the last page of the book. It's no it's big deal. Oh, well, I read the spoilers. I want to know. I don't need to be surprised.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, fine. Spoiler <laughs> alert, everybody. Our guest today is Gregory Coogan, Director of Youth, Young and All, and Campus Ministries for our Diocese of Camden.
2: Greg, Hello. Ha- Hi, you. how you doing? Thank you, Peter, for that little uh, little story. And actually, the, the title of the conference was... Uh, the Lost Conference. It was at Fordham University. And they were talking about <clears throat> how uh, how there's a total tsunami or change in uh, religious or faith practice among uh, 20 and 30-somethings. And, uh, and uh, it wasn't necessarily that young adults were lost, but rather the church community has lost in the sense of we have... Uh, Uh, maybe not listened to or accompanied or really engaged uh, young adults. And so it was challenging for me as somebody who has been in ministry for a long time, serving with young people or the young church, uh, to really hear that and listen to the stories of other young adults who are passionately in love with the Lord Jesus Christ but certainly want to challenge the institutional church and our parishes uh, to, to be closer to them and reflect them uh, just as much as other generations.
0: Thank you for that refresher. Just remember it being very helpful, but I'm glad you remembered the, uh, remembered the talk. And so uh, how are things going in your office, Greg?
2: They are, uh, as in ministry, there's a never a dull moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, in youth, young adult, and campus ministries, the uh, the challenge is immense, uh, but and filled with great hope and uh, um, uh, seeing a freshness of of how the gospel is lived out among young people, that's, a, that's certainly a privilege. So some of the things that I'm working on or uh, serving uh, here in the South South Jersey, it, it, the, the main thing right now is uh, preparing for the Synod of 2018, which is uh, the U- uh, the, you, the bishops of the world. Pope Francis has called all the bishops to focus on an ordinary synod that's meeting of all the bishops and their representatives on youth, faith, and vocational discernment. And he's really challenged uh, the church universal to talk and pray and be close to young people and including young people. They're they're actually in the preparatory documents and everything that the Pope is saying and the, the organizers of the synod is that young people are Wanted and needed, and their voices are so important as part of this process. Um, and to not only be in Rome in 2018, but uh, their input at all levels um, locally, nationally, and internationally. So that's an exciting time, uh, especially because there's no, n- never been anything like that outside of like World Youth Day experiences, which is sort of is totally different than what a synod is, because a synod takes up major questions or major focuses of, uh, of the church's priority, you know, mm-hmm. the pastoral priority mm-hmm. or doctrinal. This is more pastoral.
1: So Greg, um, that's great. And thank you for that. So the question, you know, we, we like to, to have on this particular podcast is sort of, uh, sort of our leading question is sort of, how did you get from wherever you started to here? So really w- what brought you into youth ministry? Like how did you, how did you know this was going to be your vocation? Uh, <laughs> actually, actually God, uh, God,
2: God threw me curveballs. Uh, uh so, uh, I, I, I always felt called to do ministry in some form or fashion, and so uh, i i i was particularly drawn to be ministry. Uh, so, youth and young adult ministry found me uh, back in 2002. After I sent some spent some time in discernment, where God was leading me, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, After I completed my master's degree in theology, uh, I sort of found myself in college campus ministry and I fell in love with it. Mm. Uh, I love uh, working with college students uh, specifically, and um, I worked for seven and a half years at the State University of New York at Buffalo, which is a... Uh, state university of 25,000 students. We used to say it's the largest Catholic university in the country because it, uh, more than 50% of the students are Catholic, yeah. at least nominally. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Because of uh, just New York State and Western New York, because of the majority of students came from Western New York, Western New York um, not, uh, is... is Seventy percent Catholic. Or out of a million people, that's that's a lot of lot of people, and a lot a lot of uh, hmm. cultural identity of Western New Yorkers is heavily tied to uh, uh, Catholicism. Hmm. And uh, so um, we often would say, yeah, this is the this is larger than Notre Dame and St. John's University and DePaul University, which are some of the hallmarks of Catholic. Universities. We have more Catholic students here than, than all of those combined. And so uh, um, uh, I particularly was drawn by the service and justice component mm-hmm. and uh, accompanying uh, young people, college students, on alternative spring breaks and uh, living out in word and action uh, Catholic social teaching and seeing the transformation of young people as they encountered Christ in the poor and by that i i get goosebumps just thinking of it of of uh, men and women who made vocational decisions on like uh, one her name is Katie i'll never forget Katie Katie started as a freshman at the University of Buffalo in the Farm D program and that's a 6-year program And she started as a a freshman, and her goal was to become a pharmacist and drive a BMW. (laughs) Because uh, a pharmacist at that time, this is a few years ago, at that time, a starting salary for a pharmacist is about $104,000. Yeah. This is about 10 years ago. I can only imagine it's it's increased. But uh, she knew she could do it. And... uh, and actually, after coming here to the Romero Center in Camden mm-hmm. and experiencing the poor and being transformed by that experience with her peers, she never stopped wanting to be a pharmacist. But she um, decided to go into geriatric pharmacy
0: mm-hmm.
2: and working in nursing homes. She ended up being in the nursing home that Terry Shivo was in in Florida. Wow, really? Uh, mm-hmm. ju- close to that... Uh, that pivotal time yeah. in uh, in American history and in, in in the in the fight for standing up for life, but she can pinpoint her experience of service and justice as a freshman in college, to encountering the poor, to making a decision point to serve in pharmacy and healthcare uh, with the elderly, and uh, just it is a privileged po- part, and uh, from that. There, uh, another, another student, her name is Emily. She was so drawn by her experience. And this is at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in, uh, Germantown in Philadelphia. So moved by that. She started to think of, uh, a religious vocation. And now she is a Carmelite nun in Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and totally cloistered, you know, so, but, <laughs> but, 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 uh, two young women who had transformational experiences of how God spoke to them or God (laughs) screamed at them sometimes, (laughs) uh, of where, where God was leading them. Yeah. And, uh, that was a privileged part that that's what helps animate me and, and really think that, uh, ministry with, Youth and young adults is so important and so uh, hope-filled and, and uh, yeah. a
1: privileged place. You know, I've spent a lot of time uh, with the Roan University Catholic Campus Ministry, and I'm routinely blown away by, by the kids I meet there who are just genuinely dedicated to living a spiritual life in whatever vocation they might choose down the road. Um, and I, I think back to my own youth and I, I whether or not I ever had that level of, of spirituality. I went to, you know, I'm a, St. Joe's graduate, and I like to consider myself a good Catholic boy. But um, I had the, you know, I had the social justice uh, uh, bent to me, particularly early on. Um, but uh, you know, I think because whereas I went to a Catholic university where this was sort of a given, I think people go to state universities and find those Newman centers. Um, you know, they're really making a choice at that point to, to live that Catholic life, and uh, I think it's a great, I think it's a great opportunity. I know my wife when she went to. Rowanville, at that time, was still Glassboro State uh, College. Um, the stories she tells of her Newman years are just phenomenal. You know, it's it's such a great sense of community where they where everyone supported each other, um, and it's nice to see that in our case, 25 years later, we're still seeing that same sense of community with these these kids in the in the Diocese of Camden. Could you sort of go through some of the different uh, opportunities we have for youth and young adults?
2: Yeah. I, I, I thank you for asking. Because sometimes it's it's often could be hidden. Uh, so in terms of uh, ministry with young people, in terms of middle school and high school, so each each uh, developmental stage is different, and so ministry opportunities are different for middle school and high schoolers. But so we have some awesome uh, parish based ministries for young people. I think of a place like uh, JP guppies uh uh, the uh and acts uh, ministries those are some ministries that our lady of peace parish Mm -hmm. uh, in williamstown and the literally hundreds of people who are uh, uh, in touch with their faith life through retreats through service opportunities through weekly spiritual guidance uh, um, uh, opportunities on thursday nights these are key opportunities because young people we know and I hear constantly hunger to belong. They want to belong to a, a community where they're known and valued and respected. And um, and uh, I, I speak very highly of many uh, youth ministries, but in particular, I would highlight Our Lady of Peace in Williamstown. Mm-hmm. Or um, another opportunity really... Is alive at uh, the parish of Christ Our Light uh, in Cherry Hill, and in that parish, uh, there's a special charism for service and justice. And so we had uh, six or six uh, young people travel to Jamaica this past summer mm-hmm. with a mustard seed pro, uh, project and did service and justice in Jamaica. Why Jamaica? Well, it's a beautiful country, but it's also an English-speaking country, so it's a little bit easier. Uh, to go there rather than having, if you're not uh, multilingual uh, in, in like Central America or South America. But to listen to how young people are transformed by seeing the face of Christ and the poor, you know, sort of what St. Francis, uh, not St. Francis, but St. Francis did too. <laughs> but Pope Francis, <laughs> that, that, was, that was
0: a pretty sure, yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
2: Pope Francis really challenges us, the entire church, uh, in a way to look at the margins. So young people are drawn by that. That's something that people, uh, young people hunger to make a difference. At World Youth Day uh, in Krakow, uh, Pope Francis specifically spoke about uh, this uh, particular phenomenon. He even said, young people, make your mark. You know, and I think at at Confirmation, where we believe that we are literally marked, our soul is marked with this indelible uh, sign that we are forever changed uh, to, to continue to leave our fingerprints on the many uh, places that we are sent in the world, uh, whether that be in Cherry Hill or Jamaica or uh, right here in uh, downtown Camden. Mm-hmm. Um, so young people are drawn by that. Uh, then I look at uh, places uh, like in Bridgeton at the Parish of the Holy Cross, where uh, Sister Graciela gathers anywhere from 50 to 70 young adults who are uh, involved in their young adult ministry, but specifically in the Latino or in the Hispanic, uh, Hispanic community and they're new immigrants. And so they come together for prayer, for how to raise a family, how to do a checkbook. How do you become a documented, uh, um, how do you become documented in the United States? How do you have, uh, um, how do you fight a gang culture and don't get uh, swept up by drugs and alcohol, which sometimes new immigrants can find themselves in because they're swimming in a, a, a new culture, a new place. And it, sometimes it's pretty scary. Yeah, And they often are drawn to by the parishes, uh, parishes that nurture and uh, have them belong and give them tools to survive. Um and stand up for those who are often voiceless. I think in, especially in our today's political culture or the culture of the country, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And I think of I, I want to be particularly close to the community of the parish of the Holy Cross who have a lot of uncertainty um, mm-hmm. there at this time. Or I think of uh, uh, a place like Stockton University, uh, another uh, college campus ministry, where uh, there are uh, um, young adults who are on fire for the Lord and mm-hmm. really m- making inroads uh, on campus that sometimes is very, sometimes very hostile to to uh, mm-hmm. Christianity or yeah. Catholicism or. But it, once again, it's that sense of belonging. And I want to give a special shout out to Father King and Lois Stark, uh, who are in campus ministry there. And I'm talking way too much. But, uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I just look at the beautiful uh, witness that they are providing the student, students, faculty, and staff at Stockton, and the tremendous growth where three years ago, consistently 15 to 20 young adults, and now today we're nearly tripling that number where Wonderful. sometimes it's uh it's not uncommon to have 50 young people come out yeah. for a Newman meeting or mass uh on Sunday night so it, it's it's you know they're they're making their mark yeah. and it's not only uh Lois and Father King but it's that nurturing faith community uh they had four pilgrims go on World Youth Day and they came back so on Fire. Yeah. Um. One, so inspired that one young adult who is also on uh, the dance dance team for Atlantic City. There's a dance company. Yeah. Um. That she she uh, choreographed a dance using the music from um, the theme song, one of the theme songs from World Youth Day. Yeah. So that the pilgrims shared with her, and she uh, performed that. Um, at their last retreat, which was "Blessed are the Merciful," was mm-hmm. the theme of the retreat, and uh, she choreographed that. Uh, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Really, that people were so moved. So she, even though she wasn't, she wasn't a pilgrim on that yeah. experience. Yeah. that she was so moved by the others who shared yeah. their encounter
1: yeah.
2: uh, at World Youth Day, and then. Listen to the stories and listen to the theme and listen to the artistic expression uh, by the the poets and the writers and the bloggers and the social media people and the musicians. That she came back and, and composed this chore- mm. choreographed, this wonderful piece. Wow. So um, I, I'm privileged to, to be to hear about it, to see about this and, and just see how God is working.
1: You know, I, um, my wife and I had an experience recently. It, your story just reminded me of um, we were at a diner in Glassboro and uh, we, we were we were seated. And then a, a group of four, three girls and a, and a guy uh, were seated in the, in the booth next to us uh, directly behind my wife. And they were they ended up having a very loud, uh, animated discussion. And my wife and I just sort of smiled and looked at each other. Because um, we realized that they were having a Catholic debate uh, in the middle of this diner that anybody could hear. They were very comfortable. They were very. Amb- it, they, it was a. It was a earnest debate. It wasn't angry or anything like that. Um, they were debating the finer points of uh, social justice in, in today's Catholic faith, um, and some of the things that they were saying. You know, my wife and I, who I will a bit lean a wee bit conservative or orthodox. Um, you know, and we were looking and (laughs) my wife says to me, should we, should we correct them? And I said, no, not at all. Let them have the debate, the the debate. This is fantastic. I don't want to, I don't want to like stifle them in any way. This is, this is what I want to see from our our Catholic youth who are comfortable talking about these things amongst themselves in public places and not worry that somebody's going to be listening in on them and and criticizing them or something like that. So, and then I could tell just by the the nature of of their knowledge, I knew that they were Roman Catholic chemist ministry group is. I think it was shortly after the uh, the uh, Sunday evening mass had uh, had finished. Um, I now <laughs> my wife and I were like, now why didn't they stay afterwards for for was like, well, maybe the food was good tonight and decided to go to the diner. But it, it's moments like that when I, I really get excited about this next generation. You know, you know, we hear a lot about millennials um, being sort of standoffish or or disengaged from from you know. Faith mechanisms, and I don't see that. And, and I mean, certainly that exists in the millennial world, but amongst our crew, I, I really get the sense of—I get a sense of hope, actually—that we're going to be okay. This church is going to be okay. How about you, Pete? Have you been? Have you seen that in your travels?
0: Well, I just—I—I uh, I, I do see at uh, the recent March one Actually, it was mm-hmm. wonderful. I went with a group uh, in Williamstown. Uh, Kara Janice, the. Uh, youth minister, and uh, two two youth ministers, Carrie Janice and Kim Fahey, youth minister at St. Mary, Mount Carmel, and Hamilton. They actually took one bus together. We all went down to D.C. and were there at the youth rally. And it was just amazing to see all these youth from all over the country converge here for mass and also on the march. That's what I really... uh, To see them, like you were saying, on fire, just for life and for the dignity of all human life from womb to tomb. Yeah. And it's wonderful to see. It's wonderful to see that in among the universal church. But in this diocese too, I'm I've, I've, uh, fortunate to cover youth groups from uh, from all over. And I'm just they They just amaze me that I, I I was not as involved mm-hmm. in as a Catholic youth or even in some ways a young adult until a f- few years into my young adulthood. Mm-hmm. But it seems like these their 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 passion is being engaged at an earlier age and it's maturing at least a lot faster than mine did. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the level now that they are at fifteen years old.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. yeah that's a there's a whole that's a really interesting point because there's a new book or a new article that talks about how 15 is the new 25 Hmm. and that uh how the maturity level of young people is just rapidly um uh, changing in some ways but also the um the other piece is The extended adolescence, where this, uh, you know, typical adult things—getting married, finding a stable job, moving out of your parents' house—is all being extended, uh, so that there's 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 a tension there. But uh, I wish I had that at the my fingertips. Fifteen is the new
1: twenty (laughs) five. The uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny that hearing the two of you talk um, and and that scene that uh, I described at the diner uh, for me, you know, you were saying you're both excited to sort of see see what we're seeing. It actually makes me sort of wax nostalgic because I remember my youth being like that and we'd have these knockout dragout fights I, I mm. was in my mid-twenties I was close to a couple of priests and a few uh, former seminarians and, and uh, a couple of former religious and we would we would have these not down, not knock down, drag out fights, but certainly knock down, drag out discussions, usually involving many bottles of wine um, on ski trips and whatnot. These these places we these little vacations we would take amongst ourselves, and they they were they were some of the most formative moments of my life, where these social interactions where faith was was part of the discussion, where you didn't need to worry. You know, nowadays you you hang with adults and you're like, well, okay, we can't talk about politics so we can't talk about religion. I really miss those days when I was with like-minded people, or even not so like-minded people. Um, certainly, in our our social circle, and we had lots of liberal folks and lots of conservative folks, um, but where we could have these these discussions on, you know, where do babies go when they die, and uh, and you know, does, does does purgatory exist, and and, and things like that. And, um, but it uh, it's phenomenal. I'm, so when I when I see these young people talking like this, I'm like, yes, this is this is. This. It makes me energetic uh, to see that. And I and I was at the March for Life, as you know, Pete, and, uh, and as you know, we were hanging out for a bit. Uh, for a while and the the person that in addition to ourselves who certainly appreciate you know because we have sort of this connection to the young people I, I can honestly say Bishop uh, our Bishop Bishop Dennis Sullivan uh, really appreciates the energy that he sees from our youth uh, I, I know he certainly commented it to me over the time and I have to imagine he said the same to you Greg
2: yeah and then he writes about it this week in the Star Herald he makes it a special shout out for young people actually tomorrow we're gathering with uh uh, nine youth ministers for lunch with Bishop right oh, really? here at the cathedral. Uh-huh. Um, we're talking about the preparatory, preparatory document for the synod of 2018. And also, you know, what, what, what's going on in the field of youth and young adult ministry around the diocese. Uh, so I'm excited for that time, uh, just to break bread with Bishop anytime, uh, we can, um, hear and pray with him. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's, it's a really exciting time because uh, uh, the Church of South Jersey is really taking a concerted effort at supporting, nudging, and really helping parishes do a better job. Because just as much as, uh, you know, we I get, get to see the company of the young church and alive, uh, very much alive, there's a lot of areas that we can grow still mm. uh, and change and adapt, uh, especially, especially – uh, um, among our parish parishes and areas and look outside of our walls look uh, you know being being missionary disciples is the joy of the gospel really is uh, pushing us towards or nudging us uh, and taking that uh, what we call in the new evangelization the new evangelization isn't really that new but you know uh, started with saint john paul ii and then uh, Benedict the Sixteenth, and now uh, the you know Mark or the fingerprint of Francis is on there. In what ways are we do, uh, being new in ardor? Ardor means on fire. You know what? What fire in the belly is there? And how is the Lord pushing us out and forward? New in expressions in terms of use of social media and uh, presence and working for peace and justice. Uh, life and justice issues and on all fronts uh for example uh zach his name is zach he's a 20 something from south jersey just organized uh, an awesome uh event called jamming for dignity which uh raised funds and awareness there were 75 people jammed in uh, volume cafe in washington township oh. young adults 20 and 30 somethings and others uh from the faith communities of Stockton, Rowan, Williamstown, um, all kind of paved in glory. It's a praise and worship group that meets uh, weekly uh, here in South Jersey. Uh, came here and just uh, uh, listened to poets and musicians and uh, pray with and learn about human trafficking. In the state of New Jersey, we are a hot spot for human trafficking. The average age of women who are caught in trafficking is in between the ages of 12 and 14. The last sting that the FBI uh, hosted, and I forget the actual time frame, but it wasn't too long ago, of the 120-something women, young women, who were rescued from the human trafficking uh, apparatus, half of them were from New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, between uh, up upstate or you know, north North Jersey, uh, uh, upstate. That's that's my <laughs> <by> New
1: Yorker <laughs> coming out. Uh, uh, you always tell the uh, non locals <laughs> um, no,
2: North Jersey and you know, uh, a hotbed here in South Jersey is Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Atlantic City is uh, is is known for human trafficking, uh, so that's a real concern uh, and should be. Uh, in fact, um, are just invited to be part of the symposium from with the New Jersey uh, State Attorney General's Office and, and engaging the faith communities, specifically youth ministries mm-hmm. and college campus ministries, in uh, igniting more awareness uh, on this uh, terrible tragedy. Uh, and 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 this is something that we stand for: this dignity and dignity of the human person at all stages, and specifically. Uh, women who are called are caught on the, the edge. Women and men, because boys are caught. Are
1: caught too. Yeah. So. Okay. The um, you know you, there's another initiative uh, that the, in the, and I'm sure it takes place in other dioceses as well, but the the theology on tap. I've, I have to admit, uh, when when it first came out a few years back, I remember uh, I looked at it longingly and was like, "Oh man, I am too old to go to theology on tap." Um, but it's a it's a great exercise that seems to get you, you seem to be getting a good draw to the to the couple I have attended for work related purposes because you know I'm, I'm invited, but I know it's not for me. Um, but can you tell me tell me a little about theology on tap?
2: Yeah, theology on tap is a an initiative to really. Um Take to, to, to the bars, you know, and uh, uh, in, in live in. Uh, there's four components: hospitality, well, uh, hospitality and welcome, uh, strong core community, uh, some learning or you know uh, a, a topic, and uh, some follow up. Uh, uh, it just takes. Different topics or needs of uh, twenty and thirty somethings, and and gets people who are have some experience to talk about those uh, mm-hmm. topics. For example, our next one is a inter- interfaith dialogue and inter interreligious dialogue. So questions like, what do we do? What do I do when? Or how should we treat our Muslim brothers and sisters? Mm. And uh, what do I do when I'm dating a Jewish girl? (laughs) Um, uh, uh, You know, some simple questions like that, or, you know, uh, the guy next to me at the table next to me at, at school or uh, in, in a college setting or in, or my roommate (laughs) invites me to their church. What do I say? Uh, You know, so it, it, it puts some flesh and bone to, to, to hot topics sometimes, or real topics, uh, um, and it it's it's meant to enlighten, build community, and then uh, really support what could be happening and should be happening at our parishes too, yeah. in terms yeah. of this adult faith formation, yeah. um, and providing us. I call it a safe, uh, safe and holy place for twenty and thirty somethings. Um, so that's an that's an, an initiative that's been here for at least seven years in South Jersey, yeah. mm-hmm. but has been in existence for thirty years. Yeah. There's always a cycle, though. Uh, you know how does it how does it help support uh, what is happening in parishes or not happening in parishes? So uh, we have some exciting uh, speakers, Father. Father Wallace Mm. Wallace, who who, uh, works in interfaith dialogue here in South Jersey is our next speaker. And then we have actually a national presenter in March, March 28th, at the Cove restaurant uh, in Audubon. Uh, His name is Father Joe Freedy. Father Joe Freedy is the uh, vocation director for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, but uh, even more than that, he's... uh, he he was the quarterback for the UB Bulls, right, <laughs> the University of Buffalo uh, Bulls, uh, and that's sort of where he found his vocation, where really? he heard God's call wow. uh, through sports, and uh, you know a real wake up call for him. He uh, he's a national speaker. He does a lot of uh, Steubenville youth conferences and young adult conferences. And his, yeah. uh, his testimony is pretty uh, pretty unique and hope filled and. Uh, uh, we're we're excited to welcome him in South, to South Jersey. Uh, you know that faith and sport uh,
0: uh, topic. Well, topic. I'm sure I'm sure he'll get an immaculate reception uh, from the dice <laughs> of Camden.
1: Oh, that's so yeah. terrible! Oh, Pete. oh gosh. <laughs> Nope, no, we're yeah. not we're not on the off field hook. We're icing <laughs> on that one. Nope, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is your joke of the week. Um, tune in for next week. We'll he believes be in now,
1: inflated
2: or... footballs. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Pittsburgh, uh, you know, so. Hmm. I, I, I can't imagine he'd be a, a New England
1: fan. No. I think so. <laughs> the, uh...
0: And the, um. And there's also some, I, I know a, a couple of. Other exciting initiatives, uh, Youth Congress.
2: Yeah, Diocese and Youth Diocesan, Congress. Yeah. Uh, theme is Thirsting for Home. It's at, uh on March 19th at uh, Christ the Redeemer Parish in ATCO. Uh, the Youth Congress is specifically on leadership development this year, so we're asking all of our parishes to send at least four young people and their adult leaders, adult chaperones, uh, for a day of prayer and leadership development with the goal that they'll have a packet or a youth session that they can do guided conversations meant not only for the young people, but for their pastors, uh, maybe finance council members who, Mm. or pastoral councils to listen to the needs of young people. It it actually flows to what Pope Francis is calling for in the synod of 2018. And uh, there's, a listing of about 40 different questions he's asking the Universal Church so we're gonna tweak those a little bit and uh, yeah ha- ha- put it in a youth group uh, format uh, to provide some feedback for parishes for our deaneries uh, our local areas and for us and then we'll send that information to uh, Rome uh, for the Synod so it's pretty exciting at that, we have some awesome speakers. Uh, Carrie Ann Ford, she's a music a musician and uh, singer-songwriter from uh, East Aurora, New York. It's outside, of, in Western New York. But uh, uh, she's actually quite motivational and will be, be coming to do some set leadership sessions. As well as uh, Greg Wazinski, and he is from Cleveland. Uh, must be the Great Lakes region. Raises up some great youth. <laughs> animators. Um, uh, Greg Wiesinski, uh is a great inspirational speaker. Just wrote a book on the Eucharist and uh, he'll be sharing a little bit about leadership and, and uh, prayer. Uh, it's just an exciting time uh, um, to focus on uh, young people, their needs for leadership and belonging and to equip them to these list guided conversations. We also uh, will be putting out uh, prayers for young people and prayers um, for the church uh, that we can pray with and for young people. Along with uh, seeking input via um, online surveys uh, using the preparatory document as our, our guiding guiding source because we want to be far and wide, and and the uh, the church is really asking us not only to get the feedback from those who are in our pews or in our churches, but get feedback from those who are not in our pews and research uh, pews and uh, and so one way we'll do that we'll push that out via social media. Uh,
1: you know, I, I was wondering, is there something that, you know, you, you've been – you spoke eloquent so far about the youth and the young adult. Are there things that you'd like to see more of or, or, or are there things that are sort of missing that we, we haven't accomplished yet, particularly in South Jersey, but, but even actually globally or, or in the nation that we, we haven't been, uh, you know, sort of addressing?
2: Certainly, I think there's always avenues of growth. You know, if, if, uh, if statistics and stories are true, it is very concerning that uh, the Center for Applied Research in the Ministry, CARA from Georgetown, just recently uh, published uh, something that young Catholic young people are losing their, losing their uh, faith by age 13, age 13. That's amazing. Um, that is that is very concerning. Um, and so, what are we doing earlier on? I uh, there's movements in Catholic youth, youth ministry in, around the country to to you, move move engagement of young people and their families. Family is so important. In fact, we can't ever remove parents and their influence and grandparents and their influence and caring other, other caring adults uh, influence in the lives of young people. Uh, if anything, we need more adults to care and love and support and pray with uh, young people at our parishes. Um, the, the, um, where I'm going with this, if, if young people feel that they belong, that they are, are wanted and needed, they will respond, and it hurts me uh, to hear stories of uh, young people who are turned away because of the way they dress. Uh, or it, it it and these are real stories uh, um, right here in South Jersey. It hurts me when young people uh, find roadblock after roadblock of no one taking the time to even care that they were missing. Really, that man really Uh, uh, and it 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 just like no one knows my name like who who cares so two questions that we have to ask ourselves who cares and so what (laughs) you know uh, our life depends on it you know people's lives depend on the on the on the gospel on Jesus Christ yeah and so that's that's so what and who cares you know the the joy of the gospel we're we, we need to be joy filled um and first, listen to them, and then take capitalize on the teaching moments um, that uh, young people are hungering for. So that sense of belonging, uh, we know that it takes five caring Catholic adults to pass on high post, pass on faith post high school. So uh, in our parishes, do adults, priests, youth minister, teacher, coach. Um, other, other adults at mass know, at least know the name of a young person in their community Yeah, uh, that sense of belonging is so important and uh, I'm not Greg's not making this up, this is actually coming from uh, research from the National Study of Youth and Religion talking about how the mentoring mentors or adult adults are so important especially parents the apple doesn't fall, fall very far from the tree, and if parents are not engaged, their young people are probably not going to be engaged. Yeah. And, it, 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 the, and we know this from that National Study of Youth and Religion, which followed a group of young people over 10 years, so 2002 to 2012, as they were maturing in their teenage and early adulthood, years uh they are they are saying uh not only catholics but all religions uh they are saying the most influential spiritual mentors or spiritual spiritual or faith people are their parents really yeah, okay. yeah. so so it, it, it it's nothing new to catholicism our our, our church has been teaching that you know the domestic church Yeah. Uh, you know uh our first catechists are our, our parents you know nothing is new uh it's just we need to re reawaken this in in our catholic communities and our catholic culture and really help uh um parents understand and 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 not only just teaching at them but maybe coaching yeah. you know that you know you can do it. You know, uh, um, yeah. uh, uh, something that I, I, I use uh, in my own family, I have two daughters, ages eight and three, is just every night I have a ritual of a blessing. And I call, I'm point I'm, pointing, I'm have my thumb up (laughs) I I call this my blessing thumb I learned this from a a Catholic men's conference a long time ago even before I had children but it's always stuck with me uh, um uh, I call this my blessing thumb, and I ha- I, I use the word, words from the book of Numbers. Uh, every night I say I say to Mary, Claire, and Teresa, may the Lord bless you and keep you, may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you all the days of your life. And then I add, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy <laughs> Spirit. And I do a, I bless them with my thumb on their forehead mm-hmm. every night. Uh, I, I'll never forget um, about, about four or five years ago, Um, Mary Claire, my oldest, before I was coming to work here, uh, she waves me over at the breakfast table, puts her hand up on, puts her thumb on my forehead, and then blesses me with her thumb. So that's the imprint that we're we're making. Parents just need the permission, permission to do these blessings. Just coach them and, and allow for faith conversations to happen on the soccer field, off the soccer field um to and from school around the dinner table, uh, if if you're able to carve out some time or just carve out dinner table yeah. time. We know that parents are so important and believe it or not, young people hunger for connection to their parents. They just don't know how yeah. to be closer to their parents. Yeah. And so it's 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 coaching them.
0: Um uh, but- I, I agree, and I, I like that word hunger. I think there's a hunger in people right now, and they fill it with all these different things. They try to satisfy satiate their hunger, thirst with a lot of different things. Money, wealth, pleasure, game, honor.
2: Games, social media, drugs and alcohol. Exactly. I, I just look at the the, exactly. her- the heroin epidemic in the country. Uh, yeah. South Jersey is not Not um, immune to this. I mean, we have we have uh, a lot of young people. I think just in my parish alone, which is in Sicklerville, so covers parts of Winslow, Gloucester, Washington, and and Williamstown, Monroe townships. We over the past year we buried twenty three people from OD. uh, Twenty three. Average age is somewhere in between ages twenty three to twenty six. That's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they see the in it's it's these youth trying to. I've, I've had friends who've struggled with alcohol addiction and drug addiction, and so you know, and, and it uh, they're trying to fill that void. Yeah. And really, it's uh, I, I always go back to Saint Augustine doctor of the church, who mm-hmm. said, you know, uh, our hearts are made for you, and our hearts are restless until they, they rest, rest in you. you. And yeah. I think uh, that is something that it's a challenge, and what you're doing is you're trying to help them find that relationship to Jesus Christ, because that's what it is. That's that's what can fill their hole, it is Jesus Christ can fill that hole in their soul.
1: It's true, and it's, it's really, um, you know, I think— what we've learned certainly over this conversation, but I think what we've learned over the years is, you know, it, it is a holistic approach. You need to have that sense of community. You need to have that sense of family. Uh, but then you also need to have this guidance that's coming from the faith itself, from church itself. You mm-hmm. you lose one of those, and it becomes exponentially more difficult. But if you keep yeah. all three of those together, along with other additional things, um, you know, you really have a chance of of being a good uh, Catholic family long into the future yeah. a family person long into the yeah.
2: future growing in holiness that's yeah. what we're called we don't talk about it so much and, <laughs> and it's sort of a shame because people are hungering for that yeah. they're 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 looking for that in so many different places and when we don't find it it's no wonder that people just drift away i think sometimes uh, people ask you know you know or They think that people are going to another church or, you know, they're seeing young people drawn in by like an evangelical box church that meets at the public high school. Yes, but uh, what about the uh, large percentage that just drift away? and uh, it, that's what should consume us more you know yeah. the, that, that fire in our belly yeah. uh, to, to share the message and know that young people are cared for yeah. uh, um, I, and I didn't even talk I, I maybe hinted to the reality of what Catholicism will look like in 5, 10, 15 years it will look even more multicultural knowing that 50% Today in 2017 fifty six percent of uh, Catholic young adults are Hispanic or Latino first second or and even third or or, or more generations older yeah. and it is or er, there's urgency in terms of being close and uh, pastoral activity and listening uh, there and that's a that's a reality I also think of the great um, Ministry in our Vietnamese community to see 50 young people come out on a weekly gathering uh, to the youth ministry offerings there at, at Most Precious Blood Parish in West yeah. nice Collings. Yeah. The faith is alive. Um, uh, the faith is alive, and that's hopeful. But we do struggle specifically in the cultural communities that have been here in, in like the Italian or like my, my heritage, Irish and Polish, you know, that those communities are much, are already integrated in American society. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's different. It's the family systems are not as, um, rooted within their Catholic culture anymore. So it's just, uh, different, you know, and, um, different approach so that this the complexity of ministry or effective ministry with young people and when I talk about young people I talk about teenagers and young adults it is just
1: so complex Uh, and well, you're doing a great job of it. Now uh, we've—you uh, might be surprised I know—we've been chatting for 52 minutes oh, right now, gosh. and wow. we've, we've done a great job. Um, but we, we like to end our uh, podcast with a couple of questions. Sure. So I'm going to turn it over to my uh, my dear co- cohort. Thank you. Is that what we are? That yeah, cohort, cohort, colleagues. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't come up with a good c-word.
0: One we'll, uh, <laughs> top banana. There
1: we go. All right, we'll take that. Um,
0: okay, uh, Greg. Uh, Just tell us uh, for a second, what what was the, uh, you can see, uh, let's say, what's the best advice you've ever received?
2: Best advice I've ever received. Wow. You know how to throw me a curveball. I have to say, uh, um, probably from my mom. You know, my mother's deceased, uh, but uh, she always talked about believe in yourself and know that God made you and what gifts God get give, has given you. You are you are meant to share, mm-hmm. uh, and and that sort of uh, um, sticks with me. But uh, that tra- sticks with me in terms of our faith. You know, I think in the prophet Jeremiah writes, you know, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I send you forth no matter how young you are, yeah. <laughs> you know, he yeah. says, you know, that you uh, you have a gift and wisdom uh, to share. And so I, I that's the best advice that I that I uh, uh, want to share with those who are listening, uh, young and old alike. Yeah, well, that's great advice. Yeah. Um, Okay, the next
0: is, um, what's the, uh, we have here the best and last movie you saw. Oh, let's best, just
1: say, let's just okay. best best or last, your, yeah, your best, choice. Yeah, your, your choice. Of oh, my last movie either I or, saw,
2: I have to say uh Moana. With my family, and (laughs) actually, I am I am in love with this uh, song, and I it's I don't even called the water or something, but it has to me it has such sacramental uh, sacramental uh, vision, you know. uh, One of the wonderful things about Catholicism is our view of the the holy in all things, and I think of water in terms of baptism as our baptismal call. And in the movie and in the song, there's this this line, you know, where the reef stands and how we're called to go out past, you know, Moana's drawn to go past. God is uh, is calling us to that infinite going out, you know, and sometimes we're, it's the unknown, you know, and uh, by our baptism, we are called to go out, go out to the unknown. But God is always with us. So that's my favorite. That's my uh, that's the movie and uh, what I've been wrestling with. And and lately during nighttime routine, <laughs> I pull up on the social uh, on YouTube the song, and the girls absolutely <laughs> love watching uh. it. Uh, but I, I, I'm I'm drawn by that movie right now. There's so many others, but my my frame of reference can be Disney movies.
1: Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm um, just young children attended my, on the same boat. It's a, a Disney, Marvel, or something like that. Well, I think that is the perfect way to end uh, our podcast. Could, oh, I'm we, sorry. One could more we, thing? Yeah.
2: Can sure. we end with a prayer? It's, Absolutely. It's actually, right. a, it's, it's actually a prayer written by teens uh, for, for us, uh, for the whole church. It's written by teens from Ocean City Catholic Ministry at the Parish of St. Damien, and they just sent this to me yesterday. So uh, um, so just take a moment. Sure thing. God of unconditional love, draw near to all your sons and daughters as they seek and discern your perfect will for their lives. Give them the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the mind to know. It is you who is the source of all love and all joy. Show them how to love one another in the way that you first loved us and give them the courage to stand firm in their faith. Protect them and lead them, Lord, through all that they encounter and stir in their hearts a desire to serve you in all that they do. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: What an outstanding you, prayer. Greg. Yeah. That was Isn't fantastic. That, that was great. Well, thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us this week, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.